Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. Hello, everybody. Howdy, howdy. How's it going? It's going, man. I just got an email called Late Bronze Age Kings from the Ancient Near Eastern Society? Ancient Near East today, the newsletter. Don't even know what that means. It sounds awesome. I can't wait to read this email. So you're... (laughs) Okay. I'll probably delete it and never look at it, like I do with almost all newsletters. There you go. Um... So you just got back from a trip. Tell us a little bit about your life. Just yeah, got back from, come from San Antonio. Oh, yeah, your favorite city. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I go on so many trips, I lose but, track. Yeah. Um, the dirty San Antonio. Yeah, I still like it. I don't know what to say. Um, yeah, it was my uh, my cousin's birthday, uh, cousin's wife's birthday. And um, Twice so removed. shout out. <laughs> no. I, well, I, I don't know. Shout out Amanda. <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy birthday, um, Amanda. And it was a lot of fun. I was just there for a little bit, but it was time really well spent um, with the fam. And uh, yeah, getting to see all the all the, the little cousins, like sort of my nieces and nephews, but for cousins. Um, getting to see them and getting to see their family is always just a just a real bright spot. Right. Yeah. Sounds and good. Driving through Waco with that traffic, also just a bright spot. <laughs> just living your life. <laughs> That's right. The uh I uh I thought about you because well, you were there. We were hanging out with a bunch of people uh around a fire like a week and a half ago and our baptism debate raged on and we tried uh, to get Father Edwin in on it. And he yeah. was, one moment he would be for me, and then one moment he would be for you. Much more on my side, though. Was he? Really? Yeah. I don't think your, so. Your extremism kept pushing him further towards my, my extremism. Side. <laughs> Radical. Wow. wow. I am, Just I've never, I've never been called that in uh, all of my life. So that's pretty interesting. Also, little house update. Mm. My life is an endless void. <laughs> so we sold our house on Barclay, praise God, but then they were doing like kind of the final walkthrough-ish area and apparently like the washer valve, like so it had been fine for, you know, two weeks we hadn't lived there, but apparently all of a sudden started to drip down the wall and apparently you only need a tiny bit of water to create standing water. <laughs> so that's what I'm coming to find out. So it was like... A, yeah, like you said, it was like PTSD from when we had the flood here at St. Hans from yeah. the pipes bursting and all we that. So walking around in a new building. Yeah, now we're back at square one and trying to get that fixed so to see if the people will still take it. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So do you have to like get the thing yourself? Just like no, sledgehammer I mean, or crowbar or whatever? <laughs> no, I could have. The problem is like, not the problem, the correct thing is... You want like a mitigation company that does it so that they can sign off and say, hey, we monitored mm. like this area for moisture, which is crazy what they do. 
I know you probably have experienced this. Yeah, with no, all the I'm, houses. I'm well versed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they actually don't even monitor. You know, back in the olden day, they probably came each day, checked house, the floor, looking, taking readings. They put these things on all the baseboards around the entire like rooms that were affected. And then they connect a router and they just wirelessly monitor the moisture in your house. Wow. Which, you know. Do they use drones at all for it? Not for that, but nowadays I hear, and uh, Daniel, uh, one of our friends of the show, Daniel, and uh, I know he's done like, he's an official drone flyer, and so I don't think it's called that. Something better, drone flyer. Um, That sounds about right. But like he was talking about when they do drone pilot, when he does roof inspections, like companies have hired him to go up and it like, so that no one has to get on the roof again and it inspects like the hail damage and the this and the that. I'm like, that's insane. That's pretty cool. It's crazy how much technology has advanced over time. Yeah. So, and then to make matters worse, baseball's on strike. So I was just going to say is... like, that's, that's the underlying. That's I, the underlying <laughs> issue. No, from my house I, flooding. I, I don't want to say cause, but I'm just saying, <laughs> it's not like they're all connected i'm just saying like it would all probably be bearable like it would probably be something that you could endure if you could just watch your beloved yankees yeah and no like right now i'd be like (laughs) oh man spring training okay we're getting ready talking shop didn't original opening day already pass uh no original opening day is usually end of march beginning of april uh, okay. I know you're a diehard fan. Yeah, I'm so really locked in. You're right you're, you're a big one. So, <laughs> um, also shout out. I want to shout out Al and Allison. So Al, I saw after one of the masses, and he was just um, complimenting us on the podcast, and just said how much it's affected him and um, extended family. And he was saying, "Hey, will you say a prayer for my daughter?" She was up in Alaska and slipped or something. I don't remember the full story. I apologize. Very sensitive. That's um, good. Yes. But uh, um, pretty much like broke her, shattered her ankle and like Mm. had to have like surgery and screws and pins and all of that stuff. So we want to pray for Allison. Allison, we're praying for you. And Al, Mm. just want to say hi to you and the family for big uh, supporters of the show. So, all right. You ready? Let's do this. Okay. Uh, question comes in, says, I find... Oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> also, shout out to um, Andrew Pye and his now wife. Congratulations, yeah, congratulations. on their... What, Annie. So, Andrew mm-hmm. and Annie Pye. Congratulations. All right. Let's jump in. I find myself being judgmental about the way other people practice their faith and live out their faith slash piety. Mm-hmm. You have any advice on how to not to let that not be the way and general ways to combat pride. Yeah. Just like that, huh? Just, um. <laughs> Hey, this is Lent. We're just going for it. <laughs> there's no, it. there's no, uh, no time for, well, football's done. Life is over. <laughs> yeah. Football is done. All the football we wait is for, depressing, right? Yeah, now. we got to wait for Luca to just, you know, we got to wait for the playoff race to speed up, you know. The Mavs are very exciting right now. 
Yeah. Without Chris Dobbs, with Dinwoody. I love how we just like (laughs) (laughs) ignored the sensitive question. Let's uh, go back to the Mavs. They're real exciting. I just never watch them. It was a good trade. Got to get KP out of there. Yeah. Great trade. Okay. Yeah. Classic story for... Pride. Classic story. Classic story. <laughs> no, it's uh, the, is pride the Pharisee and the tax collector mm. in the temple. So and for the classic story that some people don't know, yeah. let's share it with them. Yeah. Uh, of course, I don't know where it is in the Gospels off the top of my head. But <laughs> it's, um, Pharisees up front uh, sort of praying in a way that is uh, somewhat showy. And so looks like Luke 18. Luke 18, it's way down there, huh? Okay. And um, so if you, for instance, we, we've had a lot of readings from Matthew 6. Um, on Ash Wednesday, we had Jesus telling us in Matthew 6, which is part of the Sermon on the Mount, right? Um, what prayer and fasting and almsgiving should look like. And the church takes us up in a serious way during Lent. And it's all like for the sake of, of drawing closer into relationship with God and being seen by the Father in secret, as Jesus says, and not for the sake of showiness. Um, and he says, you know, if, if you act like those who do these things in such a public way as to be like, hey, everybody look at how, how heroic my fast is. Right. Then he says, you have received your reward. Um, so... That's sort of a Matthew um, version of what's in Luke 18 with the Pharisee and the tax collector. And mm-hmm. it, it might be a synoptic story. I can't, can't remember in multiple gospels. But um, the Pharisee and the tax collector, you have the Pharisee standing up front doing just this, um, praying in an ostentatious, prideful way. Mm-hmm. You have the tax collector in the very back kneeling down, just hitting his chest and saying, Basically, have mercy on me, Lord, uh, for I'm a sinner. Can't remember his exact words from there. Um, And the Pharisee says this kind of famous line, I thank you, Lord, that I am not like the others. Right? That's the epitome of pride. Yeah. Uh, I I guess two big parts of pride. One is um, I will not submit or I will not obey. Like that that obstinacy, which is the, uh, the line of the evil one. Uh, in relation to God, uh, who will not humble himself um, before God or before his plan, um, making himself God. Uh, That's one side of it. And then the other is, I thank you, Lord, that I'm not like the others. Um, So there we have, you know, via negativa, um, which is (laughs) an example of what not to do, basically. Um, Yeah. That's not the way of Jesus. That's not the way he teaches us um, uh, as his disciples. So what do we do when we find that that sort of that monster of pride sort of welling up within us? Um, first, we should recognize this is a consequence of original sin. We're fallen. Um, we're not able to correct this merely by our own efforts, but we desperately need God in our life uh, and the salvation which only Jesus Christ can bring. Uh, It should be, first of all, like recognizing those thoughts, it shouldn't make us 
despair that we're not yet perfect right so much as make us turn to god and say i really need you in my life right look at these thoughts welling up within me i'm doing exactly what the pharisee did in luke 18 Mm -hmm. i thank you lord that i'm not like the others um who don't take your law seriously who um live in a way which is much less perfect than the way i live in right like prescinding from considerations of whether or not what these people are doing is right or wrong Mm -hmm. that you're looking at just first to notice when pride comes up in your heart like that and you can name it it shouldn't spirally (laughs) send you into a a despair spiral like i thought i was better than that i thought i'd progressed more right along the way of sanctity than that it should instead be an occasion for you to humble yourself before god yeah and say, like, Lord, I can't do this without you. And thank you for this occasion to remember that. Now, um, what if, for that pride yeah. to come out out in the open for me to recognize it, and then say, um, like, I need to humble myself in response mm-hmm. to that, yeah. and receive God's salvation. So that's that's the the interior part, because otherwise that pride becomes uh, poison. It it sort of calcifies. Um, our hearts uh, against a compassion towards others. It makes us um, move further and further away from this, like Romans five, or no, this is this is your your verse. It's Romans three, right? Uh, that all have sinned and Romans three twenty three. Yeah, three twenty three. Yeah. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yeah, but uh, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Yeah, I told you it was your verse. Um, <laughs> all have sinned. I love it, everybody. That's your favorite. He means that I use it in a I've, talk that I've given yeah. several times to confirmation <laughs> students about our nature of sin and where we come from. But thanks for leading me in in such a great way. This yeah. is your verse, sinner, right? Yeah, I heard you say it once two years ago at a retreat. Uh, no, back. So no, this is verse. like how many years ago? That was when you were a oh, pastoral, pastoral year. That was in twenty thirteen. You went on. A couple Sweeney retreats. Yeah, that was like the that was the year that the diocese moved confirmation to eighth grade, and we had uh, to like yeah. we had a year of like almost double classes where we had to be getting tenth graders to ninth graders, ninth graders to eighth graders, mm, and so we yeah. had to do two confirmation retreats. It was like twelve thousand kids being confirmed. Exactly, and I remember <laughs> both times we weren't we like bunk mates back then. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Brown Cabin, Camp Sweeney, Brown shout cabin. out. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, so my question back, and some people will say, yeah. though, especially during Lent, is I'll mm-hmm. ask somebody, because I want to know about teen spiritual life or youth or what they're doing, and I'll say, hey, give up anything for Lent, do that. And they almost treat it, though, on the other side as taboo to say, like, oh, well, I don't want to be like the Pharisees sharing what I'm doing or bragging. Like, where do you go about on that side of, um, so, okay, we've addressed the other, right? Like it needs an act of, the other one side, an act of forgiveness, humility, an act of desire for the salvation of others and recognizing that we need salvation just as much as others do. Could I even say like maybe glory God praying the litany of humility, like those types of things, you know, um, a hard prayer it's a hard prayer so god answers it like every time instantly yeah. when any, whenever anybody's <laughs> See, like oh, i the love prayer. the litany of humility i'm like Why? what like <laughs> who are you 
who loves the like, like that others may be praised more than I that others may be you know like they become holier than I provided yeah, I like, become as holy as I should I'm like no Jesus grant me the grace to desire it I want to <laughs> be the holiest <laughs> so um anyway yes so so we've we've hit on that yeah. and encouraged that what about that other side because I hear it a lot from Catholic story in Lent then saying of like oh like the scared uh this idea of being so scared that they're going to be like a Pharisee in the sense of, um, I, I can't share about like kind of my, my prayer, my, like this uh, has to be so fasting. secret. Yeah. Like otherwise, be, otherwise I received my reward. Exactly. Um, <laughs> no, it's, you ever hear that or see that yeah, or I haven't thought about that in a long time, but I, I went through a phase like that, uh, early on in, in, sort of my my post-conversion days mm. um, i'm actually talking about you yeah that's, that's that. no, right. yeah from 15 years ago <laughs> when we didn't <laughs> know each other yeah exactly um yeah no it's understandable but um i don't know it's it's important to be able to talk about your your interior life in an appropriate way right there's a certain amount of modesty that we ought to have about our interior lives mm-hmm. Um, and so bearing witness to the, to the good work that God has done in you or giving reasons for the hope that you bear within you, mm. like Peter says, like, like first Peter three fifteen. Nice. Boom. Yeah. I'm on I it today. I don't know anything about Bible side. Like I'm getting better. I'm trying. That's but, so funny. Cause you know so much about scripture in the back. You're more on the just, context, right? On the language, pay, the yeah. context. Well, you soak up a lot of it without paying attention to like where it comes from. Um, so if we had your brain and father Edwin's brain together, yeah, it'd be like, you kind of just need his brain. He's, he's got like lockdown memory for these things. Mm. Um, anyway, I'm getting there. Uh, yeah, it's, Okay, so you need a certain level of of modesty, Mm -hmm. right? It wouldn't be appropriate for somebody to just go to a complete stranger and share their, like, their sort of deepest struggles. Right. Right? That's not not what being um, sort of open and honest is. It's just, it's not what that relationship is. Right. You should have friends where you can be very just real with them yeah, and where they can support you. But that's, that's easier said than done. You have to develop those friendships. Yeah. Um, uh, but you also need something kind of in the middle, which is an ability to talk about your faith and um, talk about the way that you live out your faith, whether in Lent or not, right? Um, in a way which isn't going to lead you to, like yeah. to fatal pride yeah. um, or uh, which isn't going to make you embarrassed. I don't know. Like we, that that's part of, of being a Christian is yeah. being able to, to, to encourage others um, by our own example, especially when our own example isn't perfect. Yeah. Um, you're not transgressing this command. Uh, of going to pray in secret yeah, um, or of fasting in such a way that you don't draw attention to yourself. If someone asks you, what have you given up for Lent? And you talk about it with them. Uh, I do it all the time. 
um, I think it's helpful for people <laughs> to learn like best practices. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really helpful for people to be able to share their faith. And so if that stirs up pride within you, even the, the slightest mention um, of such things, then just go back to like step one of our conversation here and take it as an opportunity to like grow in humility. Yeah. Um, uh, but there was one other shoot. It's right on the tip of my tip of my tongue. There was one other point, which I thought was important. I wanted to make, um, not important enough. Yeah. <laughs> fan for time, fan for time. Well, and, and uh, while you say that, I'll, I'll just bring up. So I, I pulled up, uh, the, the Bible passage when you were talking. And so it comes from Luke 18, nine through 14 and, and 14 even says, um, at the end, it says for everyone who exalts, exalts himself will be humbled and the one who humbles himself will be exalted you know like yeah um just like leaning into humility which is really hard like let's not let's not pretend like it's not <laughs> right oh, but it's so freeing though like it's very it's freeing. hard very like embracing freeing. the cross is hard right it hurts but it's so freeing mm-hmm. um to to recognize like even in, in just a moment that um I'm not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I need God in my life. Right. Um I'm totally dependent on his grace. Right. And he loves me like a father loves a son. Right. Like that is such a place of freedom and um a place where love is able to to flourish. That's what I was gonna say. Thank you. Um you're welcome. The the response, the response, like, oh, I don't know if I can talk about anything um, to do with my Lenten practices for fear of pride. Is it sounds to me like it's coming out of just that a little bit of fear, right? A fear that like maybe God will judge me, or a fear that this. I, I don't know it, and and maybe it's you're not, saying it's like. A superstitious fear? Is that where you're kind of leaning no, towards or no? More like a more like a place where there's room to grow in love and trust. Mm-hmm. Not a superstitious fear. Okay. Um it, it might be coming out of a very sort of good uh desire to do what the Lord says, but it seems to me like it's also missing that link of like this is to draw me closer to the yeah. in, into this relationship of love with God and love yeah. with neighbor. And it's not sort of when, when commandments get detached from that perspective, right. Then there can be this, this fear about, did I fulfill it properly? Um, it's important to fulfill them properly, but like we want to do it as much as possible out of love. Right. Um, and out of a love for God and a recognition of his, his love for us. And so like, like the kind of fasting that the Lord is talking about in the gospels or the kind of almsgiving where you're not like, Hey everybody, look at this great deed I did. Like that action of, Hey everybody would drive out love, um, and replace it with pride. And so, but when you're sharing something in response to somebody's question, Mm -hmm. um, in order to share the love of God with them, like it doesn't seem like you're you're on that path at all, right? Right. Um, 
And so there's, there's nothing to be afraid of there. Right. Like I'm going to accidentally step off course and then it'll just ruin everything. Uh, Augustine said like love and then do as you will as a summary of what the moral life looks like. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't mean love in any sort of like superficial uh, sense that we often use it in, in modern terms. He means like, like be immersed in the love of God, right? Like love with the love of God and then act freely out of that because your actions are motivated by the love of God. Right. Um, there's another, another way uh, sort of scripture you can bring into this, which is first Corinthians 13 where St. Paul goes through all of these, um, like if I have knowledge of human and angelic tongues, but have not love, I have nothing. If I give my body over to be burnt, <laughs> which is one of the things he says, um, but have not love, I have nothing. That's that's saying like, or right. or if he, there's a, actually a, a manuscript thing there where I think I've talked about this before, Kalkamai and Kaomai. Um, yes. Uh, to be burnt know. or to boast. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, there's, okay, okay. A, there's a little variant in some manuscripts. Sounds familiar. And so he's saying, like, if I if I give myself such that I might boast but have not love, I have nothing. But an, a variant reading is, if I give my body over that it might be burnt, like martyrdom, mm-hmm. um, but have not love, I have nothing. Right. Um, and so either way, he's talking about heroic action of some sort, which uh, we can include penitentials practices right right um many heroic actions those kind of things uh if they're done without love saint paul's saying that we have nothing yeah um but he's not saying like (laughs) like that you don't need to do them or that they're not really good things to do he's just saying like they have to lead us towards the love of god right and when we're acting towards that end casts out the fear of like what if i do this wrong then god will say gotcha that whole fast was worthless <laughs> he like puts up his fingers he's like yeah gotcha. like, double finger thumb double <laughs> finger <laughs> that is the god but it's sad that that's the god that some people have in their mind it's sad but it's also like we should just recognize that that's that's a pretty normal thing to have in your mind that's part of like or humanity. Well, that's that's part of original sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam and Eve in the garden, they they transgress God's commandment, and then they hide out of fear. Right. Um, that's what sin does. It makes us see God as someone who is out to get us and not someone who loves us more than we could ever possibly imagine. Right. And more than anyone in the world loves us. Exactly. Um, and so it's not like, it's not a mark of, of of shame or of failure mm-hmm. that someone has this image of God it's that's the state of original sin right but it's also we know it's not a true image of God and so right. um yeah I just I don't want anybody to to feel like they're they're doing it wrong or something right. like that I want them to take that and instead see it as as, as an opportunity to draw closer to the God who loves them mm-hmm. um yeah which is a beautiful thing. Well, how about for today? We finish. Uh, how about I read that parable and you maybe pray us out? Oh, okay. that'd be cool. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. 
All right, this is a reading from the Gospel of Luke. He then addressed the parable to those who were convinced of their own righteousness and despised everyone else. Two people went up to the temple area to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee took up his position and spoke this prayer to himself. O God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of humanity, greedy, dishonest, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I pay tithes on my whole income. But the tax collector stood off at a distance and would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast and prayed, O God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, the latter went home justified, not the former. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your great love for us, and I commend into your hands all those who are listening uh, to your word, that you might plant within their hearts the seeds of true humility, of your own divine love, and that you might bring them into the freedom of your sons and daughters, free from fear and confident in your goodness, and the power of your grace. Cast out all pride. Help us to rejoice in humility, in occasions even of humiliation. Draw us closer into union with your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And help us imitate the humility also of our Mother Mary who in her Magnificat, the canticle of praise that she sings, she says that you have cast down the mighty and lifted up the lowly, whose words are echoed in Luke 18 in the parable of Jesus. She also says that her soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord For the Almighty One has done great things for her, and holy is his name. Father, help this to be also the song of our heart, the song of praise and thanksgiving, joy and lightness, confident in your love and in the great things that you have done for us and will continue to do in our lives. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> you just destroyed your mic. <laughs> you just, With the sign of the cross, you I just swat away it. this microphone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On uh, behalf of Joey Scansella, Father Paul Bechter, we want to say take care. God bless. God bless.